Share Care, helping you. Get younger, get guidance, get better care, get smart, get fit. Radio MD presents Share Care Radio with Daria Long Gillespie, MD. Hi, it's Dr. Daria, and we are back. October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and today we'll be speaking with someone who has dealt with this disease on a personal level, breast cancer survivor, Ford Model of Courage, and Susan G. Komen spokeswoman, Tracy Nicole. Tracy's here to share her story. Tracy, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. It's really great. Talk to us at first, you know, what got you involved in breast cancer awareness and education? Well, unfortunately, I have been involved with breast cancer awareness for over 10 years. My mother is actually a three-time survivor. Wow. So um, very familiar with recovering, Mm -hmm. very familiar with chemotherapy and radiation, and never thought for the life of me it would happen to me. Mm -hmm. Which is what so many of us think. Absolutely. So what was your own breast cancer scare? Well, uh, my mother had just recovered from her second bout. Mm-hmm. And of course, a second time is always unexpected. So my sister and I decided to go get mammograms. And this was at what age? How old were you? Um, this was at 36. Okay. And so uh, we talked about it. We talked about it. And then we finally said, look, we, we just need to go. Mm-hmm. So we set appointments, different insurances, different doctors. So my sisters came back fine. My appointment was like a following week. And I, I said, let me go get this over with. And my mom calls me that morning, I remember, because it was raining. And she said, you know, it's raining. You might want to reschedule. But I said, well, they can't take me for a whole nother month. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and get it over with. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I did. Yeah. In and another month, I would have been in another stage. What did they find? They found um, uh, a cancerous growth inside my milk duct. Mm-hmm. And so they got the mammogram. They called you back. They said, we found an abnormality. Did a biopsy then? They immediately, right after the mammogram, they called me back and they said, we see something. We want to look closer. Mm-hmm. They didn't reschedule me to come back. Mm-hmm. They said, let's do a biopsy right now. Wow. But they didn't scare me. They said, mm-hmm. well, we just want to make sure it's mm-hmm. it's nothing because mm-hmm. we don't think it's anything. And, um, and a biopsy is not the most comfortable thing mm-hmm. in the world at all. Right. I know. I had one. Yeah. It's I was, pretty painful. I was one of those. Like, I had my very first mammogram mm-hmm. and, you know, talking to our audience about the importance of doing them. And I thought, similarly, I need to go do this. Yes. And got that call back saying we saw something and we need to, or they said we need to set up a biopsy. Right. And um, fortunately, mine was negative, totally normal. But it, it, it was scary, even though I knew the numbers, no matter what. Right. And so, people de- need to know when they ask you to come back, don't panic. No, you don't need to panic. And you can just go back, get it you done. Go back. It wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> and, um, you know, got it done and very quickly got the call later saying all's okay. But it's one of those things you're right. Knowledge is power because then yes. you can address it. And I want to talk about the importance of screening and early diagnosis, especially in breast cancer women in their 30s, because the disease can be so aggressive. So talk about that, because you said that in another month, it would be a different stage. It would have been. And um, I possibly wouldn't be right here today mm-hmm. if I hadn't gone. Mm-hmm. And being in my 30s, people were asking, well, why did you go so early? Mm-hmm. And it was because of my family history, mm-hmm. one. But I think we all need to get up on our physical health, meaning meaning manual 
examinations at home and they tell you that at the doctor and you go oh, okay 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 but you really got to start feeling yourself you you really <laughs> it you is, really got to start touching yourself in the shower mm-hmm. or wherever you want to do it but those are the type of things that will save lives that is so you were so exactly right especially for women in their 30s because even if you're doing a mammogram every one to two years in your 30s that disease can spread from zero cells to one cell to metastasize very very quickly so many women who catch them in their 30s it's because they caught it themselves right they brought it to their doctor's attention they felt something Mm -hmm. different and as soon as you feel something different get it checked out yeah and it's one of those things that's more comfortable to kind of ignore and not think about (laughs) but you have to and you're right, it saves lives. It could save, likely possibly saved your own life. So tell us yeah. about your treatment course and how you had to go through that. Well, when I was diagnosed, I was the type of person that didn't want to deal with it. Mm. And I totally understood, I mean, I totally understood people just not wanting to deal with it. Of course. And I looked at my two girls and I said, I have to be here. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I booked a trip to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It cures all things, right? It was it was one of those things where I said, you know, I I gotta get my mind right. Mm-hmm. I gave myself permission to not think about it for a week, and I called a friend of mine and I said, "We're going to Disney. Come mm-hmm. with me." And she's the type of friend that will go, "Okay, yeah. no matter what." <laughs> Amazing. Everyone needs us. And we both took our kids to Disney World. Um, we had so much fun. The last day of the trip, I told her the news. Oh, wow. So she didn't even know. She didn't know. And my kids didn't know. And Mm -hmm. my family didn't know. Mm -hmm. But all of my doctor's appointments were set up Mm -hmm. for the return of that trip. Mm -hmm. So I get back to the doctor and I went into survival mode. Mm -hmm. Not emotional victim mode. I went into survival mode. Good. The plan of action um, that I chose was to have a bilateral mastectomy. Mm -hmm. Um, My doctor thought I was rushing to make a decision and I needed to think about it. And nope didn't need to think about it the only thing I thought about was the time I was watching Oprah and I saw Christina Applegate Mm -hmm. talk about her experience she was in her 30s she was the only young person I could identify with that chose to have that surgery Mm -hmm. and I saw her get through it you know maintain her career her kids her husband like Mm -hmm. and I that was that that gave me all the confirmation that I need that this is the choice I need to make Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, we've kind of touched on it a little bit about discussion of screening and discussion of treatment. And we're going to have an entirely different segment where we bring on a breast cancer surgeon to really talk about when women get screening for their mammograms. But it's important that women in their 30s, at least at the very least, start talking to their doctors. Yes. And seeing if they potentially need a mammogram in their 30s. Yes. You know, not waiting. And I am no, by no means advocating for bilateral mastectomies. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do want to say that my, my choice was made from a personal place, mm-hmm. watching my mom go through it twice. Mm-hmm. Her third diagnosis she kept from me because we were diagnosed at the same time. So I kept it from her and she kept it from oh. me. Each of you were trying to protect the other. Each of us were trying to protect oh the goodness. other. And you're right, just like I was, it, just like for screening, there's it's a personal decision in many ways. Treatments can yes. be very personal based on what your preference is. It's a is. personal you choice. DCIS and there are a variety of different treatments. Yes. You opted for a double mastectomy. Yes to reduce the risk of recurrence but again yes we there are those are the sort of things that people need to talk to their doctor about what yes. are the variety of options i'm glad you say that now you know since then you're dealing with illness i like that you kind of took that week went to disney world kind of cleared your mind had the time with the family but you were dealing with going through this treatment while you had children 
Yes. So, you know, how did you explain this illness to the kids? Well, one thing I knew is that I couldn't hide it from Mm -hmm. them. Um, children are very intelligent, sometimes more so than us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they pick up on everything. Even if you don't say anything, they pick up on your energy. Mm-hmm. And my, my daughters and I are so close. The smallest little thing would have scared them. Mm-hmm. So I actually got with their teachers and we went to the library because I didn't know how do you talk to seven, eight-year-olds about breast cancer and I'm trying to explain something I don't really understand myself so we found this book called mommy and the polka dot (sighs) boo-boo and when I tell you it was the most brilliant book um sat down read it with the kids and the language was on their terms Mm -hmm. it was on their level and they had some aha moments when we were reading it and they started talking about my mother who felt she was hiding it from them Mm mm-hmm like as if they didn't notice her wearing a scarf because her hair wasn't there anymore. You don't get away you with know? anything with little kids. They see everything. You don't. don't they? they go, well, that's why my mom did this mm-hmm. and that's why. And so they started connecting dots mm-hmm. and um, it was scary for them. It was scary for them. Uh, the kids at school, you know, would talk and say things like, oh, you know, I heard your mom had breast cancer. Is she going to die? <gasps> and mm-hmm. kids don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't know, but... You know, my daughters came home crying and asking me, was I going to die? And it broke my heart, mm-hmm. but it, it also gave me strength to give them strength. Yeah. And and we would sit down and say, no, mommy's going to be OK. And guess what? You can go back to school and say you can brag. My mom's a survivor. And so you drop those tears and you let them know your mom isn't going anywhere. And that was me building myself up. Mm hmm. While I'm building them right. up. You're telling them that and maybe you start to believe it yourself, too. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. No, I did believe that. <laughs> That's amazing. And I think it's, you're so right, coming at it from a point of positivity. Because mm-hmm. for kids, if you don't tell them, it's probably a lot more scary because they don't know what you're, exactly you're hiding from them. Right. And they'll start to imagine things. But coming at it from a point of strength. I like that you said you went to their teachers first. Because I imagine their teachers are probably have encountered this before. Well, you got to think about That's where your kids are spending their time every Mm -hmm, day. mm -hmm. So you want the teachers to be involved. You want the teachers to know, you know, to look and Mm -hmm. see there might be some changes emotionally. That's a a very emotional uh, journey to go through. And they probably had some good advice for you because they've dealt with children and parents going through the same thing. So that's a great resource for any parent and any mother saying, what do I do now? How do I deal with my children? Use your go use the teachers. Go to them. Kind of lean on them. Yes, I mean my youngest. I was still picking up at the time, and I mm-hmm. had to explain to her, "Mommy can't pick you up anymore." Mm-hmm. And that was hard for her. Of course, it was. So we just had to come up with new creative ways of being affectionate, mm-hmm. and the kisses and the hugs. I needed them. Of course, those I are, needed them. Those yeah. are important for life. They are. <laughs> kisses and hugs are as important as, yeah, as medicine. That, that was that was medicine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness, I totally agree. Now, what about for your friends? What were some things that, you know, how can one be a friend to somebody who's going through breast cancer or other illness like that? I think the worst thing you could do is do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that that is a very sensitive, uh, unknown place for a lot of people. So they don't know what to say or they don't know what to do. So to ch- so don't choose to do nothing. Even if it's just a text saying, I'm thinking about you, you're in my prayers, I hope for the best. Those little things, mm-hmm. they make a difference. Mm-hmm. A card, a gift card, um, the meal train, a lot of people haven't heard of that, but mm-hmm. it's an online resource where you can sign the patient up and anyone can sign up to bring a meal that day. 
Well, fantastic. You had mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, so meal training, can we find that at FordCares.com as well? You can find more information at FordCares.com. Okay. Perfect. So being a friend by just, just by being there. And by, by the by practical stuff, getting them food and meals and all, yes. when you're probably too exhausted to do that. That's so true because so often you know, people are kind of paralyzed because they, they don't know what to do. Right. But you're saying just just go. Go through that discomfort. Yeah. And sometimes you don't know what you need. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful my friends didn't call me and say, hey, call me if you need something. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> they just... They were there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, hands down, I have some of the best, most amazing friends on the planet. Um, they didn't stop to think, okay, what should we do? What should, mm-hmm. They immediately went into action. Mm-hmm. I told them all at a brunch uh, a couple of days before my surgery. Oh, wow. And I did spring it on them. But at the same time, I wanted to be strong enough to tell them that so we could be strong together. Mm-hmm. And my first instruction was, look, I'm about to tell you something. I don't want any tears. I'm about to go through something and I need you. And mm-hmm. so when I told them, they were like, <gasps> no tears, no tears. <laughs> you're strong. And they're like, oh my God. And they're looking at me like, how are you going through this? And you're smiling and mm-hmm. because I'm here. How did you do that? Because you're, you come from the, an angle of being so strong and you said you were not a victim. How does one create that mindset? Um, having a mother like I had. I saw someone survive all my life. And my mother, she's not only a breast cancer survivor, she's a domestic violence survivor. Wow. So I've dealt with you survive, you you keep moving. Being a victim is a choice. That's so true. It's a mindset, isn't it? It's a mindset. And, And I tell people, since going through this experience, in any given situation, you have the power and you have the ability and you have the right to choose your own experience. That's amazing. You have the power, you have the ability, and you have the right to choose your own experience. Absolutely. It is so true. And it is so true how much of our lives are how we perceive them. And they are. They are. They are. And I, I chose to think about how much I'm loved and not that how unfair it is that I'm going through breast cancer. I chose to think about, wow, they found it. At a stage zero, mm-hmm. I'm so blessed. I'm so yeah. blessed to be here. I'm so mm-hmm. thankful. I went to the doctor. Mm-hmm. So did you? You did the mastectomy. Did you have to do any other treatments for it as well? I did. Um, I mean, that is a very serious surgery mm-hmm. to do a double it mastectomy is. with reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Um, Angelina Jolie shed a lot of light on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I had my surgery, it made it easier to talk about mm-hmm. because she had the entire world talking about yeah. it, and. Um, Technology, medicine have come so far. Mm-hmm. I literally went under the knife, had the mastectomy, had the reconstruction, and woke up with I had nipple sparing. And mm-hmm. that's getting a little personal, but I was I was able to do nipple sparing because they found it so early. Mm-hmm. So I got to keep my girls. Very nice. <laughs> the outside looks the same, mm-hmm. and um, my plastic surgeon was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She made jokes. And she made me laugh, and it was, you're going to love your boobs. <laughs> We're going bigger. And I mean, she would just do things that would just make me forget mm-hmm. that I'm surviving breast cancer yes, here. I know. It's amazing. And you're right. We have so many wonderful treatments today. 
Yes. But it's so in- crucial, specifically in their when women for women in their 30s, that they yes. are doing breast self-exams, talking to their doctor. And yes. it is confusing for people because there are very different guidelines on when you should start getting a mammogram, which yes. is why I want to be talking about this so much in October for yes. Breast Cancer Awareness Month, because some guidelines say don't start until 50, some say 40, some say start when you're th- in your 30s. I find women can be very confused by all of it. So confusing, mm-hmm. so confusing. Even even down to who should get tested genetically. Mm-hmm. They don't want to pay for genetic testing unless you've been diagnosed. Yeah, that's kind of backwards to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to fight to get genetic testing post surgery because the insurance company felt like, well, you've already had surgery. What do you need testing for? Because I have two daughters. You two daughters, exactly. I need to know if I carry the gene because mm-hmm. if I carry the gene, that means I could pass it on. Absolutely. And um, thankfully, I don't have the gene. Great. And so that, you know, that was comforting. Mm-hmm. That was comforting that my my daughters have just as much of a chance as someone else, mm-hmm. you know, who's never been affected by breast cancer. That's wonderful. And it's, again, why we need to discuss it, because we want these to be the options that are available for women and not that we're having to battle with insurance to yes. get your screening tests and all yes. covered. But of course, breast self exams. Don't yes. have to worry about that. That you can do, that everyone needs to be doing every month for free. Now, in our last couple of minutes, I want to talk about you know the importance of just staying on top of your health. You said yes. you did this mammogram so you could be in charge of your physical health. What are some other steps or tips you do for that? Well, one of the first things I would like to say is when someone gets uh, diagnosed with breast cancer, they didn't do anything wrong. It is not something that... Um, you can do to say this will not happen to me if I do X, Y, Z. If we knew that, then these numbers wouldn't be like they they are. So people would ask me, did you work out? Did you exercise? Did you? Mm -hmm. I eat healthy. I exercise. My daughters know this because they're Mm -hmm. exercising with me. (laughs) And um, I just... I just think you just you just stay on top of it more. Mm-hmm. You you just get more proactive with reading labels mm-hmm. and doing more organic foods and mm-hmm. doing more healthy meats and things like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to say what type of diet you need to be on, mm-hmm. but um, the health, the exercise, and stress. Mm-hmm. So beyond oh, yeah. you know beyond just exercising and eating right. What is in your life that's causing you stress? You need to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I think stress How leads to cancer faster than, and I'm not a doctor, <laughs> faster than eating something bad. But stress, well, stress does trigger inflammation and changes our hormone levels. And it, it, it has been shown as a contributor to a lot of different health conditions. Absolutely. We're still learning. There's a Absolutely. lot more to learn about that. But you're also right that a healthy lifestyle will yes. reduce your risk for all cancers. Yes. Really quickly, we want to talk about the resources. Where can people find more information? Yes, you can find more information on forwardcares.com. You can look up the meal train. Um, there's the pink fund. There's Young Survivors Coalition for women under 40 mm-hmm. that are diagnosed. Okay. There's so many support groups. And of course, if you're in Atlanta, Coleman Atlanta is an excellent resource. Awesome. Coleman Atlanta, we'll check it out. And you also said there's some financial resources if somebody needs any help with that too. Yes. Awesome. Tracy, this was amazing. Thank you so, so much. I think all of our listeners will learn a lot more about this. It's really helpful. To find more about Tracy and documentation of her disease and surviving breast cancer, go to beneaththepedals.blogspot.com. Follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Tracy Nicole ATL or her personal website, tracynicoleclothing.com. This is Dr. Daria for Share Care Radio. Thanks for listening and stay well. <laughs>